Hey, you're listening to the Creative Pep Talk Podcast. This show helps you build a thriving creative career. I'm your host, Andy J. Pizza. You can stay up to date with all things Creative Pep Talk by following me on Instagram at Andy J. Pizza. Let's jump into today's episode, shall we? I really needed to rehaul my website. I was talking to some web people, looking around, and I got intrigued by Squarespace's new fluid engine, partially because it just sounds cool, but also because it allows you to drag and resize and layer up anything you can imagine. I dove in, rebuilt my site. It's the most me site that I've ever had. I just absolutely love it. Launched it. Got such a great response. Some industry illustration and designy peers even reached out and was like, hey, who coded this thing, man? I'm like, y'all, I did it by myself. No coding with Squarespace's new Fluid Engine. I told him like, you should go check it out. You're gonna be surprised with what you can do. And I built this thing before Squarespace reached out to sponsor the show. So I was like, boom, easy peasy. I was gonna tell you about this new site. Anyway, go check it out, antijpizza.com if you wanna see what I did with it. If you want to try it yourself, make a site that's totally you where you can build a portfolio, sell content and courses and all kinds of other stuff, head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with promo code PEPTALK, all one word, all uppercase. This episode is supported by In The Making, an original podcast brought to you by Adobe Express, the all-in-one content creation app included in your Creative Cloud membership. If you are trying to boost the YouTube, TikTok, Reels content side of what you're doing, one episode of In The Making that I think will be super useful to you is their episode with John Yushai. I think John's method for including his audience in the process is really inspiring. And if you want to hear about that and more about leveling up your game in the creator economy, just search In The Making in your podcast player to listen. Many thanks to In The Making and Adobe Express for their support. I'm guessing if you're like me, when the new year comes along, you want to do new year, new you, totally new opportunities, career, mind, your whole demeanor change. Everything's going to change in 2019. But then what happens? You make these plans. You're like, every weekday, I'm going to wake up at 5 a.m. and I'm going to work on my personal project. And in, by, the, by the time it hits February, I'm basically going to have a new career, Right? or you want to eat better or exercise or whatever, you know, all of this stuff and all of it, by the way, is linked to your creative career success. You know, your mind, body, spirit, soul, nucleus, all of it is connected, right? And when you go to show up, you know what shows up too. It's what Stephen Pressfield calls the resistance, Anytime you try to make a change, a positive change in your life, and I'm going to call the resistance the old you. The old you shows up. You're trying to get up at 5 a.m., and then Sunday night, old you comes around, and he says, Uh-oh, I know you had that plan to get up in the morning, but what about this plan? What, what if we ate a whole bag of Doritos? And watched 
three seasons of that show everybody's talking about. <laughs> I don't know why old you sounds like Patrick from SpongeBob, but he, that's my old you. And he shows up and, and the, you're like, all right, old you, that sounds hard to resist. We'll do it. Okay. Just for Sunday night, I'll still get up. I just miss out on a little bit of sleep. Monday morning, you get up, it's 5 a.m. And you work on your personal creative project and you go to work and you're like, yeah, I'm doing it. But then the next night shows up and guess who's back Monday night? Hey, do you want to eat another bag of Doritos? You're like, yeah, I do actually. Let's do that. I'll be fine. I was fine today. You eat another bag of Doritos, watch a few seasons, binge a little Netflix. But guess what? Guess what happens Tuesday morning? Snooze button. That's what happens. Old you has already defeated new you. And when this happens more than once, more than twice, more than three times a new year, you have a hard time even having the courage to believe that you could be more than you are right now, right? You've felt that pain. I'm sure you're dealing with stuff. I'm sure that old you is holding you back in a million and one ways. And in this episode, I want to share some tactics that have helped me make some dramatic transformations that have had an incredible impact on my creative career because I'm so grateful that my old you didn't stop me. And so I'm going to give you some tactics. And then in the next couple episodes, we're going to do some new you episodes. Once we clear old you out of the way, once we deal with old you, darp, 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 <laughs> that, that old Patrick that comes and says, how about some Doritos, darp, darp. Well, once, once we get rid of him, old darp, darp, then we can talk about how are we going to get some new opportunities? How are we going to set some goals? How are we going to break through in 2019 and make this the year that the new you is finally birthed from the ashes of the old you? But first, we got to deal with some of these habits, these setbacks, these these darp, darp, darps. Ready? Let's do it. This episode is about habits. James Clear has a book called Atomic Habits, and the idea, his idea is simple. It's our habits are the atoms that make up us. They make us who we are. You are the summation of your habits. I wanted to do a few episodes on how to make 2019 the start of a new you. And before we can do that, we have to come to terms with the old you. Who is the old you? all those habits. That's who you are. Over the years, I've had to change tons of my habits and routines and mindsets to become who I needed to be to build the thriving creative career that I wanted. This episode is all the lessons I've learned from living these principles, plus some real smart resources like James Clear's work to help round it out and explain it better. So I wanted to jump right into, let's talk about new you. And I was kind of like, uh, but we probably have to talk about old you first. And so if habit sounds boring or stale or hard, uh, I think this episode is going to get you jazzed with some fresh ideas that really work, that can get you excited about turning the old you into a new you. So let's take on habits. Here we go.
how do we get old Darp Darp out of our lives for good? You know, he shows up at least when you least expect him to, when you least want him to. He's cramping your style. You show up to the party and derp, derp, derp. That's he happened. Man, when I was first trying to make big changes in my life, this would happen all the time. I'd show up to Waffle House to hang out with the art kids, but my stupid bad habits would show up with me and I'd try to make some interesting point and end up coming out like derp, derp. And, I, and, and eventually I figured out ways of getting around the old you. And I got rid of him in the same way that I got rid of Michael Jackson. And here's what I mean about that. (laughs) Every time I get into my car, the same thing happens. I turn on the engine and I hear, dun, dun, dun. Your butt is mine. And I don't know what the second lyric is after your butt is mine because I never get to that point because I smash my car dashboard every freaking time that song comes on, which is every time that I get in the car. And, uh, it drives me absolutely bonkers. And I couldn't figure it figure out why that was happening exactly, but I think I figured it out. And here's how. I saw a connection. This is the connection. Have you ever been around parents? Look, I'm a parent. And if you're ever around me and you're around my kids, I probably do something like this with my three-year-old. I'll say, oh, you've got to. You've got to hear what my three-year-old said yesterday. It is so adorable. And I'm sure that even right now, all you people in the audience have already turned your brains off because when somebody talks about their baby, you're just like snooze fast. Like when it's not your baby, it's just not that interesting, right? And half the time you're there and you're like, hey, baby, show show the nice people what you said yesterday. Say that thing you said yesterday. And and the baby's just like, I'm not doing this. I'm not a performer. I'm not, and she's like, oh, sorry. They get, she gets nervous in front of people, but it was amazing. Trust me. Uh, let me just show you my baby photos. And and nobody cares, right? If it's not your baby, nobody cares. And I noticed the same thing happen to with Tim Cook. Now, Tim Cook's the head of Apple, if you don't know. And he does these keynotes when they announce their new updates for the iPhone. So he gets on stage, he brings out the iPhone, and we're all sat there thinking the same thing. Please just give us a battery that lasts more than four hours. That's all we want. We will give you millions of dollars. We'll give you $2,000 for an iPhone if if this battery lasts more than four hours. But no, Tim doesn't want to talk about the battery. Tim wants to talk about the new things that his baby can do. He wants to talk about little baby Siri. He wants to say, Hey, little baby Siri, showing that thing, that adorable thing you were doing just last night. And then Siri replies, Tim Cook, searching the web for the adorable thing that I was doing last night. 
And Tim's, I'm sorry, she she doesn't really perform that well in front of crowds, but you you had to be there. It was the cutest, darndest thing that she was doing last night. And we're like, we don't care. We don't like Siri. It's not artificial intelligence. It's artificial infants. You've put an artificial baby inside of my device and it gets in the way and it's annoying and it's not smart and it's not cute. It's not ready for mass consumption. Get the artificial infants out of our speakers. Get them out of our car dashboards. Listen to me, baby. I don't want to hear Michael Jackson every time I get into the car. The first time you get in the car and the baby says, I want to listen to Michael Jackson. You say, oh, that's adorable. Can you believe that the robot in my dashboard has a preference to what we listen to? It's so... So cute, but the 898th time you're like, no, baby, you have terrible taste. You suck. Your taste sucks. We're listening to Boys to Men. Now, you can tell I'm a little angry about it. And so you might say to yourself, Andy, why don't you do something about it if you didn't want Michael Jackson in your life like this? Well, I did do something about it, but I had to hit rock bottom. You know what they say? They say that. We only change when it's more painful not to. And so, you know, you lose a client and you get in your car and dun, 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 dun. Or you get in a fight with your wife and you get in the car to go somewhere to cool off and dun, 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 dun. But it was the time when I got in the car after the funeral. And guess what? Dashboard baby doesn't know doesn't know. It's not smart enough. It's not really intelligence. It's not artificial intelligence. It's artificial infants. And artificial infant thinks that when you've got, when you've walked out of a funeral and you get in your car, that what you'd like to hear is, dun, 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 dun. And I had to do something about it. And I was sick of it. And I had to make a change. I looked at myself in the mirror. I looked at the man in the mirror and I said, we've got to get Michael Jackson out of our car dashboard. And this episode, I'm going to share with you the tactics that I used to get him out of my life. And you can use the same tactics to get rid of Darp Darp. I promise you. Stick around. First thing you got to do to get Michael Jackson and the old you out of your life is research. It starts with some research. You've got to go research how other people that have the same types of derpy old yous out of their lives. How did they do it? And the best way to do that is to research people that have made that transformation that are now the type of you that you want to be that used to be the type of you that you are now or the type of person you were. And I don't just mean research, I mean immerse yourself in that world. So when I wanted to get Michael Jackson out of my life, I had to do a little bit of research and figure it out and figure out why the heck does my dashboard baby play this song every time I get in the car. And I found out it's because the Toyota 
artificial infant believes that you want to listen to the first song on your iTunes library every time you get in the car, even though you don't use iTunes. You haven't used iTunes in years. In fact, you didn't even put Michael Jackson on your iTunes. That was a song that your four-year-old wanted on their iPad seven years ago. But the dashboard baby thinks that you want to hear that song, right? So I figured it out. I figured out that it was the first song on my iTunes, and that was the start. That research was the start to getting him out of my life. And so same goes for getting the old you out. And uh, this, there's two reasons why research can change everything. So just so you know, one of the things that I want to do is I want to become a writer. Now, I thought long and hard about this, about whether I wanted to share that with you about whether I wanted to tell you that I wanted to be a writer because it's kind of embarrassing. It's weird. Uh, you know, it's, it's embarrassing to show people the whole process of going from the old you to the new you. But in the future episodes, I want to talk about how probably the thing that matters most to me uh, the thing I want to pass on with my life more than anything to my kids, to my family, to my uh, listeners is the growth mindset, is this idea of people can transform. You can change dramatically. I have. And if I'm going to share that with you, I'm going to have to show you the transformation I want to make and share it with you in real time. I think that could be the most transformative thing I could do for you is to say, hey, see that place on the hill over there? I want to go there. And then over the next five years that I'm doing this show, maybe I'll get there. Maybe by the time we're done, I'll be a screenwriter. or Maybe I'll be a comedy writer or maybe I'll be a author, right? But I want to be a writer. That's what I want to be. Uh, and I want to make some big dramatic changes in my life. And so I'm not a writer. You know, you, th there's a lot of people out there who say, all you got to do to be a writer is write something. And I'm not disagreeing with that, but I don't feel that way. I want to be a published writer. I want to, I want to work in writing. Uh, that's where the creative goods are for me. Those, everybody that blows my mind in creativity is a writer of some kind. So I'm putting it out there, vulnerable. I'm sharing my stuff with you. And, and the old me doesn't know how to have the discipline to write. Not just to write, like sit down and write some stuff, but write good stuff, which requires some pain. It requires discipline of sitting down every day and hashing it out and then rewriting it and editing it and getting feedback and then writing it over again. Writing is hard. And for the longest time, I wasn't making any progress on it. And, and a big part of that was I thought, I'm never going to get rid of this old me. Like old me is a bad writer and I must just be a bad writer. And the thing that solved it for me was research. And so the first thing you get with this research by immersing yourselves in these new yous that you want to be like is you get all these techniques and you hear that actually everybody starts in that place. Everybody that used to have that old you sucked at writing, didn't want to go through the process, said it was painful, said that there was a giant learning curve that, and that basically all of the stuff that was holding me back, all the old me that was holding me back from putting in the time and energy of becoming a good writer, all of these writers have experienced and still experience that. And so that helped me believe in the transformation. I need that belief to stick at it, to have the discipline. 
And then you learn all these tips and techniques like, you know, you'll hear people say, commit to 15 minutes of writing a day. And it's kind of the same idea of Donald Miller talks about going to the gym and how the only thing he has to do is commit to going to the gym once a week. And while when he's at the gym, he can literally do anything that he wants. But all he has to do is go to the gym. And once you're at the gym, you kind of feel like working out. Once you get on the treadmill and you're like, all right, I'm going to do one minute on the treadmill. By the time you're doing one minute, you're like, all right, what's 10 minutes? Like, I'm going to, I might as well put in some time here. The big resistance, the old you that shows up says, you don't want to sit down and write, do you? You'd rather watch The Good Place, <laughs> right? And, but I want to be like the guy who writes The Good Place. So I want to sit down. And so this person will just write for 15 minutes a day. And by the time those 15 minutes are over, he'll put in another 15 minutes or 30 minutes and almost always gets into the groove. Another thing I learned from immersing myself myself in screenwriters and songwriters and writers of all kind uh, is everybody has a different kind of metal, okay? Think about it like a metal detector. And everybody has kind of a core feeling or a few core feelings that they write from. And they notice when they hear those feelings or they feel those things. And I was listening to Ron Funches, who I didn't really wasn't familiar with until I heard him on the Good One podcast. Or maybe it was the Conan O'Brien podcast, which, by the way, is phenomenal. It's one of the best podcasts. Both of those I definitely sign off on and put them in the show notes. The Good One by Vulture and Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Anyway, Ron Funches, and that talks about the thing that he looks out for more than anything else that makes him know that he's, there's probably a joke there is when he feels really, really embarrassed. And I think what was so interesting to me about that was that that's not a feeling that I would write from. Now, the feelings I write from is when I'm moved to tears from something that feels profound to me, um, when I'm feeling really melancholy, when I'm feeling, um, they're passionate, when I'm feeling angry, Those are all feelings that I've learned to have to switch my metal detector on and go off and be like, this is stuff you want to write about for the podcast. This is stuff you want to write about in your own, in your work or on your Instagram or for a book. And so I learned those techniques just by immersing myself in podcasts from writers and reading books from writers, which all books that are written are from writers. But I mean, especially, I mean, you know, writer's books. Just a side note that I want to run down real quick. Ron Funch has talked about this other thing. It's not really, it's not really about, it's not really appropriate for this episode, but I just want to share it because I thought it was really cool. And he talks about how his influences are people like Tignatero, who are quiet and slow speaking in their comedy, and it's so different to everybody else. And he said that influences aren't really someone you take anything from. There's something they they reveal something about who you are. And when you connect on an authentic level to some art, it's not so much that you need to take anything from it as it is it's telling you something about who you are. It's telling you you're okay or this type of person belongs in this field. And I thought that was really profound. So anyway, these are takeaways by immersing myself in that world. I get that. Uh, I, I learned that it's messy 
to grow and to become this thing and that it takes a growth mindset and it's not that you have it or you don't have it and that it's hard for everybody, which helped me believe in myself. And I learned all these techniques for getting started and breaking through the resistance. Now, the second thing that you're going to get from this research is you're going to change your outer world. And when you do that, you will change your inner world. Whenever, uh, anytime I moved, and I moved a lot, we moved from Indiana to Western New York, back to a different part of Indiana to Northern England, uh, and now I live in Ohio. And every single one of those moves was an opportunity for dramatic change. And every one of those outer worlds, those environments changed my inner world. And they say that you're the sum of the five people you spend the most time with, right? You might have heard that before. It was from Jim Rohn, and it's really true for me. When I would change the people I was around, I changed. We changed through osmosis. And you might be saying, I can't relocate for this research. I can't just change my outer world. But I'll tell you one thing. I would say nothing, and, and as a podcaster, you're just going to have to take my word for it because it kind of works in my favor, this, this thing, but uh, I would say that nothing has had a bigger impact on my change and transformation like listening to podcasts because I have immersed myself in the worlds of uh, you know, business people and writers and, and creatives of all kinds. And by spending all this time with these people, listening to them talk, it's not unlike spending time with them in real life and they've made a dramatic impact on my growth. I would not be the person I am if I hadn't listened to thousands and thousands of hours of podcasts over the past 10 years. I've been in it deep. I've been listening since at least 2008 and it's how I learned to do public speaking and it's how I learned to do podcasts. It's how I learned to build a business and it was from spending time in these different outer worlds that shaped my inner world. Big transformations. And so maybe you can't relocate, but whatever it is you want to become, sp spend time immersed in that world and you will start to grow. So you do the research and you find out that Michael Jackson's somehow the number one song alphabetically on your iTunes and that's why it keeps playing it. So you go, you plug your, it makes sense, you plug your friggin' phone into the iTunes on your computer and you wipe all the music off of your phone and you think, ah, oh, thank God that's over. And you think, you know what? I better go get somebody to eat. You get in your car and what do you hear? Dun, dun, dun! What's happening? Somehow, when you've updated your phone in the process, it put all the music back on. So no matter, I tried it a bunch of times. I tried to wipe the freaking phone of this song and it didn't work. I tried to just uh, resist it and repress it. But what ends up happening? It somehow comes back. And uh, the same is true for all of your habits and all of your roadblocks and the old you, you can't just repress it. Carl Jung would say what you resist not only persists, but it will grow in size. I heard that quote. I'm a big Carl Jung fan anyway, but I heard that quote from an article in the New York Times. It's called resistance is futile to change habits, try replacement instead. And I have had the most breakthroughs in changing my habits, not by trying to repress bad habits and urges and desires, but to try to redirect them to healthy endeavors. It's called ironic process theory. 
And it's this idea that thought suppression has counterproductive effects on behaviors. You try to not think about chocolate, all you can think about is chocolate. But if you think, I'm not going to think about chocolate, I'm going to think about apples. Then you can actually get somewhere. You know, some of you guys have been listening for a while know that I've lost some weight over the past couple years. And all of that was due. The big changes I made were just replacement. I replaced my bread consumption with low-calorie bread, my snack consumption with veggie chips, my dips turned to hummus, and I cut all of my condiments with hot sauce or sriracha. And those small replacements have pretty much changed my entire diet. And it's thanks to this ironic process theory. And so, what I did, instead of trying to get rid of Michael Jackson, I put a new song on my iPad that or on my iPhone that shows up higher up in the alphabet so that it plays that song every day. And it's actually a song I want to hear. Truth is, I haven't done that yet, but I need to do it. I, I still, I need to make a change and 2019 is going to be the year that we, how's that song go? I don't, I don't remember, but there's a lot of songs about changing the world. I'm bad's one of them. We could change the world tomorrow. This could be a better place. If you don't like what I'm saying, why don't you slap my face? I, I don't know why he says that. I've thought a lot about I'm bad, okay? I've, <laughs> I've gone deep into what do these lyrics mean? If you don't like that I'm going to change... That's the thing about this I'm bad song is that it's this... It's a whole cover-up. The whole thing is like, I'm so bad, I'm going to change the world. And if you don't like it, you can slap me. Which, I don't, what? That doesn't make any sense, Michael. Anyway, we can change the world. And I'm thinking maybe I'll put a Flaming Lips song. I never seem to get tired of that song, Do You Realize? Ah, it makes me cry. It's such a beautiful song. If you haven't heard it, go check it out. I know none of you listen to my music recommendations. It's just the worst, anybody recommending you music. Just, you know, that's one of the ways that these artificial infants actually are doing a good job. Like, Spotify gives me pretty good music, so I don't have to take any recommendations from nobody. Anyway, replacement. Ironic process theory. Maybe you want to change your bedtime routine so you can get up early before your day job and put in a little bit of time in your creative practice. You know, that extra 20% that you want to push forward into new territories Maybe you replace your bedtime routine with something that gets you to sleep earlier. Maybe you want to replace that 15 minutes of Instagram uh, scrolling when you get up in the morning with drawing. Maybe you want to replace binge-watching Netflix for binge-listening to a podcast that immerses you in a world that you want to be a part of. Whatever it is, don't try to suppress these desires. Try to redirect them to healthier things. It has changed my life, and it's going to change my car experience too. started researching this idea of changing yourself, I researched metamorphosis and I stumbled upon Nietzsche's, and I'm going to say Nietzsche, lately, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, everybody's saying Nietzsche. Why does that happen? For the longest time, I heard people call Buddha, Buddha, and now everybody's calling it the Buddha. Just, I don't, anyway, I'm calling it Nietzsche. I don't know what it is, but that's what it always was in back in my day. 
I discovered Nietzsche's three metamorphoses. That's the correct... I looked a bunch of times. That's the correct plural of metamorphosis. Metamorphoses. <laughs> From his book, Thus Spake Zarathustra. Basically, he says that humans start as spirits, and they turn into camels, and then they turn into lions, and then they turn into babies. Get it? I didn't get it either. It sounded like total gobbledygook. And unfortunately, it was written in a time where the perfect analogy hadn't been born yet to explain what I think Nietzsche was trying to say. And so now, in 2019, I can actually explain this three metamorphosis process in a way that actually makes sense. No more spirits, camels, lions, and babies, because we have the most profound analogy for talking about human transformation. And of course, I'm talking about Pokemon. <laughs> At the start of this episode, I said that we're all trying to change into a new us, but the old us is holding us back, and it's Patrick Starr, and he follows around, foiling our plans with his darp, 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 darp. We try to ditch him, but everywhere we go, he's there. But what if the old us isn't Patrick Starr saying darp, 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 but it's actually the old us saying, carp, carp, carp. <laughs> I'm talking about the Magikarp. I'm talking about the Pokemon Magikarp. Do you know Magikarp? It's this stupid Pokemon. It can't attack. It basically is just a big stupid fish that flops around saying, carp, 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 carp. And so the difference between Darp and Carp might seem inconsequential, right? But the difference is everything. The difference between the D and the K is everything. And just, if you'll listen to just one second, I will prove to you why the difference between DARP and CARP is going to be the difference between you staying the same and transforming. Now, it's really easy to confuse DARP and CARP because basically they sound like the same voice actor. It's the guy, it's coaches, Craig T. Nelson's, show coach you might be too young to know what that is but his assistant is the guy who voiced patrick star i think it might be even the guy probably not but could be the guy who voices magikarp and actually i was watching pokemon with my son the other day and i was thinking about you know these new pokemon there's like 800 pokemon uh they have to create all these different voices for the Pokemon. So I'm. they have to search forever to find these voice actors. So there's going to be some repeats and some weird stuff. You know, when they had Pikachu, I imagine the person that went in and auditioned for Pikachu, it was a pretty open and shut case. There wasn't a lot of voices, you know, used at the time since there was only a few Pokemon. And they go in and say, what do you think Pikachu sounds like? Pika! And you're like, yeah, that sounds about right. But now we have on the 789th Pokemon, Cosmog. So we say voice actor. What do you think Cosmog sounds like? But we don't want him to sound like all the other Pokemon. We need It needs a fresh character for Cosmog. And you watch these shows and these new characters have the most ridiculous voices you've ever heard. And Cosmog, you know, the voice actor goes in there. And, all right, give us something fresh. Uh, I don't know, uh... Cosmog! Like, no, that sounds like Mankey. That sounds like 
I don't know, coughing or something. We need, come on, something original. It's like, I don't know. Maybe Cosmog sounds like, Cosmog! <laughs> really sound like that. But anyway, back to why you need to see your old self, not as Patrick, but Magikarp. It's because there's a mindset switch that is the key to success. It's the key to transforming. You see, if old you is just Patrick Starr, there's not much hope for change. If your fundamental nature is evil, if your fundamental nature is stupid, if your fundamental nature and desires are inherently bad, all you can do is repress them. And as we've seen, that the repressing will not get rid of those Michael Jackson songs it will show up again. Those habits will come back. Those thoughts will come back. No matter how hard you try to not think about them, it's only going to cause you to think about them more. But what if you quit trying to repress the old you and you started to nourish and redirect it? What if you saw your nature as a seed of greatness? Yeah, an acorn doesn't look like much, but given some time, attention, watering, nourishment, it can become an oak tree. And that's why you've got to see the current you as a Magikarp. It's an acorn of greatness. I don't know if you know this about Magikarp, but the Magikarp Pokemon is this really stupid Pokemon, but with a ton of care and attention, it can evolve into a giant sea dragon called Gyarados. It's one of the most powerful Pokemon in the world. I was a Magikarp once. Back in high school, I sat around saying, carp, 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 and doing drugs and messing around. I think the most creative thing I did in high school was once me and my buddies uh, were doing that stuff, we ordered a bunch of pizza and breadsticks and got a bunch of dipping sauces, and I had this creative wavelength, this idea to mix the garlic butter, the ranch dressing, and the nacho cheese into super dip. Sounds disgusting, (laughs) and I'm actually ashamed to even share it. But you know what? I'm not ashamed because it wasn't Patrick who did that. It was Magikarp. And my in-laws came for the holidays just recently, and they're British, and as a lot of Brits I know, they don't openly often discuss their feelings. But there was this moment where my father-in-law was, you know, we were talking about deep stuff, And he said to me that when he met me 10 years ago, he never believed that I would become the person that I became. And he he believed in me and he was supportive of me giving this art career a try, but never in his wildest dreams did he see, never seen people go from what I was to what I am now. And it touched me. To hear that because that's what my life is all about. It's what I want my life to be about. I want my life to be a testament to the truth that we are all Magikarps with the potential of giant sea dragons. Gyarados is hiding in our hearts and I don't think anybody's ever teared up saying the word Magikarp. <laughs> For this is the first. So believe it. Believe the old you isn't something to be suppressed, but encouraged. Believe that with the right amount of care and nourishment, your acorn can become a giant oak tree that thrives with creativity and offers shade to other creatives and even sprouts some acorns itself. I don't know if I'm if that's like a procreation thing or, <laughs> or what, but 
you know, influ- you know, your, your creativity is influencing others. That's what I meant by that. Maybe you've already made a massive transformation. Maybe you've already went from Magikarp to Gyarados. Maybe you're saying, Andy, I've already evolved so much and I just don't think it's possible to change anymore. I'm stuck with this version. Yeah, I've come a long way, but that's it. Like, I've already built an art career and yeah, maybe it's not as healthy as it used to be or or whatever, but I've already did the Gyarados thing. Now what? Well, guess what? I don't know if you're keeping up to date with all things Pokemon, but the word is out. For years, we assumed that Gyarados was the final evolution of Magikarp, but no, there's more. We just discovered that Gyarados can turn into Mega Gyarados, and guess what? If there's still money in Pokemon in five years, I bet there's going to be a Super Mega Gyarados. I don't care how far you've come. I don't care if nobody believes in you or believes that you've got more in you. But if you've got breath in your lungs, if you're on this planet, you have another evolvation in you. You have another reinvention. You have a mega super Gyarados creative inside of you. Your base nature has more potential. Quit trying to lose your old self and start redirecting it. Those desires, those natures, they're good on a fundamental level. And if you will start redirecting and nourishing that inner Magikarp, you are going to unleash a creative sea dragon like the world has never seen. You are going to turn into something over the next 10 years and people are going to look at you and say, never in our wildest dreams did we believe a Magikarp like you could turn into what you became, a super, mega, quadruple, bajillion, Gyarados. <laughs> so this is a free shout out. It's not a sponsorship, but sometimes people ask me how I read all the books that I mention. Well, I don't. I'm always reading a proper book. I always have one on the go. Sometimes they're about comedy and art or writing or business or marketing. They, they span all kinds of different uh, arenas. But I'm kind of a slow reader and I often need help in a specific area that I don't have time or the need to read a whole book on. And so I'm a subscriber to an app called Blinkist, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. It's basically a service that gives you all the key ideas and information from nonfiction, personal development, business, and marketing books. And like I said, this isn't an ad. This isn't a sponsorship. It's just been an extremely powerful tool that I wanted to share with you. I have other friends that use InstaRead, that app, and it does the same thing. I'm a big believer in books. Obviously, I make books. I'm passionate about books. Books have changed my life. But I also think there's a ton of information out there that can revolutionize your creative career, and it's impossible to read all of those books. So I use it. I like it. A lot of the books I mentioned on the podcast, I read on there. Uh... Go check it out. I highly recommend it. All right, that wraps up another episode of the Creative Pep Talk podcast. Next week, we're going to get back with uh, some businessy stuff. This one was a little bit more personal development kind of thing, which you need, you know, that I, I do. Uh, anyway, so thanks for listening. 
Don't forget, you can get the 2019 Creative Pep Talk calendar and also other doodads and knickknacks and gadgets and gadgets. There's no gadgets, but there's a bunch of stuff on our Etsy at creativepeptalk.etsy.com. Go get it. All the purchases help us continue doing the show. Also, you can uh, sign up to Patreon, patreon.com slash creativepeptalk. You can back the podcast, be part of the lifeblood of the podcast. You can be part of it uh, like Jamie Tamirik. Jamie T E. M-A-I-R-I-K. I'm not sure I'm saying that right. You can go see Jamie's website at jamietomyrick.com. Follow Jamie on Instagram at jamietem, J-A-I-M-E-T-E-M. Jamie is a patron of the show, and we are so thankful for Jamie. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks to Yoni Wolf and the band Y for our theme music. Thanks to Alex Sugg for the soundtrack and for editing this show so beautifully. Thanks to all of you for listening. And until we speak again, stay pepped up. Stay pepped up.